I hope all of you had a great 4th of July. Uh, our family was up in Sewanee uh, celebrating. That's a small town that does a big celebration on the 4th of July. Uh, and now we've moved into birthday week. Uh, Montgomery turned 13 on Friday, so say a prayer for us. We have a teenager, and uh, Wade will turn 7 uh, on Tuesday. So it's birthday week in the Stauffer House. But since the beginning of the summer, we have been looking at a series of questions that matter. These are questions that Jesus asks in the Gospels, uh, usually to his disciples or to the crowds, and they matter because Jesus asked them. And so if they were relevant back then, they are still relevant today, and we should also ask them and wrestle with them as well. So here's just a recap of where we've been this summer. We started off with the question, why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but fail to recognize the log in your own eye? Or put differently, why do you always criticize and point out what's wrong with everybody else, but you don't take the time to work on your own stuff, your own issues, and we all have them? Next question was, what will it profit them to gain the whole world but forfeit their soul? And if you have lots of success in life by the world's standards, but you neglect your soul, your character, your personal relationships, your faith, your family, then what good is it? Another question, what does it mean to be an authentic Christian leader? And how is Christian leadership different from regular leadership? Jesus says, can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? What does it look like to lead the way that Jesus led? We talked about that. And then today we're in Mark's gospel, chapter four. Jesus has been teaching by the Sea of Galilee all day. Um, he says to his disciples, let's go across to the other side of the lake. And so they leave and they get in the boat and something happens. A huge storm arises, which was common for the Sea of Galilee. The boat is being swamped by the waves and the wind. The disciples are terrified, they're afraid. But Jesus is in the stern of the boat, asleep on a cushion, Mark says. Remember, he's been teaching all day, he's tired, exhausted. Uh, I take naps on Sunday afternoons for what it's worth. Tired, long day of teaching. Well, the disciples start panicking as they often did and they go and they, they wake him up and they say, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And Jesus wakes up and he rebukes the wind and he says to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceases and Mark tells us that there was a dead calm. And then Jesus asks his disciples two questions. Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And the disciples were filled with awe. They said to each other, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? As we celebrated the 4th of July this past week, there is one phrase that Thomas Jefferson and our other founding fathers use that I often think about around the 4th of July. It's when they were talking about our inalienable rights and they said this, we are entitled to or have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, what does it mean to pursue happiness? Not, not everybody has the same answer to that question. But I've never met anybody who doesn't want to be happy. What are the things in life that, that, that make you happy, that, that, that bring you joy? 
There are certain emotions that can consistently keep us from experiencing happiness in our, in our own lives. And one of those emotions is fear. Jesus knew this. So in his teachings, he was always addressing this topic of fear. Think about it. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are, are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? Matthew 10, he says, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. What does that mean? Don't be afraid of earthly things, even death itself. Trust in God. Only fear God. Well, one day, Jesus goes up on the mountain alone to pray. And he told the disciples, again, get in the boat and go to the other side of the sea. And the boat was far from land, being battered by the waves early in the morning. And Jesus comes towards them, walking on the water. Again, the disciples are terrified. It seems like the disciples are always terrified. But Jesus says, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And then he commands Peter to come and walk on the water. And when Peter who's doing well at first, takes his eyes off Jesus, he, he, he starts to sink and flounder. You see, Jesus was always telling his disciples to not be afraid. But we all know that fear is real. But I would say to you today that, that, that if we are to follow Jesus in our generation, in our day, we have to deal with our fears. We have to show courage when dealing with the things that we would rather not deal with including death itself. Now, I read many books in seminary. Some of them were good. Some of them I wondered why we had to read them. Um, couldn't get that time back. But there was one book that has always stuck with me, and it's a book written by Paul Tillich called The Courage to Be. And in the book, Paul Tillich talks about how all of our fears in life, anything that we're afraid of, anything that gives us anxiety, uncertainty, can be traced back into three buckets, three buckets of fear. The fear of death, the fear of emptiness or meaninglessness that our life will not have meaning, and the fear of guilt or shame. And it's amazing how many people carry guilt and shame with them everywhere that they go. Everything that we're afraid of in life, put that to the test, will come back to one of those three buckets. Fear of death, fear of meaninglessness, fear of guilt or shame. Henry Nouwen says this, the more people I come to know the more I am overwhelmed by the negative power of fear. It often seems like fear has invaded every part of our lives that we no longer know what a life without it is like. Fear pervades our bodies individually, communally. So many people let their thinking and their speaking and their acting be motivated by fear. We fear for ourselves and we fear for our neighbors. We fear that something terrible is about to happen. The truth is, when fear takes over, we don't have quality of life. When fear takes over, we cannot enjoy the present. When fear takes over, it affects our health, our relationships, and our interactions with each other. When fear takes over, something gets pushed out. Faith, pushed out. The opposite of faith is not doubt. 
The opposite of living in faith is living in fear. And far too many people live every single day in fear, and it paralyzes them. But our fears change throughout life. We don't fear the same thing when we're 20 as we do when we're 30, 35, 40, 50. Psychologists got together one time and they said, here's a, here's a, a timetable of life's worries. At age 12, we worry about our peers and what they think of us. Had a bunch of 13-year-old girls at our house last night, by the way. At age 18, we worry about ideals, what we want out of our life. At age 20, we worry about our appearance. How do we look? At age 23, we worry about moral issues and do we have the right stance or position? At age 26, we worry about making good impressions on others. It matters to us what other people think. At age 30, we worry about our salaries and the rising cost of living, especially in Nashville, right? At age 31, we worry about whether or not we'll be successful. And what is success, by the way? 33, we worry about job security. 41, we worry about politics and how it affects us. 42, we worry about marital problems. 45, we worry about a loss of ambition in life, midlife crisis. And then they say that over 45 or 50, we just start to worry about our health and how we're doing. And the more we worry about our health, the worse it gets, basically. Now, there was another study done, reported in Inc. Magazine, and they said, here are the 10 fears that hold people back in life or set people back in life. And they listed them. The first was change. But if you always fear change, you'll miss out on new opportunities that come your way. The second is loneliness. People fear being alone, so we have to surround ourselves with healthy people and healthy relationships. The third is failure. Nobody wants to fail, but failure might just be the key to success because we have to try and we don't always succeed. The fourth was rejection. Nobody wants to be rejected or not liked. We want to be accepted and embraced by others. The fifth was uncertainty. People don't try new things because they are uncertain and then their life just stays the same. But we have to try new things, and the future will always be uncertain. The sixth was something bad happening, and yes, there will always be a chance of something bad happening in life, but guess what? We have to keep living. We have to get through it. The seventh was getting hurt. People fear getting hurt. Nobody wants to be hurt, but remember what Tennyson said, it's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. Number eight was being judged. Nobody wants to be judged. So sometimes we aren't true to who we are because we just want to be accepted. But then people don't get to know us for who we truly are if we act differently, right? Nine was inadequacy, the idea that we're not good enough, but in God's eyes, we're always good enough. And the 10th one that they documented was the fear of losing freedom. People don't want to be obligated or tied down so they don't commit to anything. But anything in life that's worth doing Family, marriage, friendship, church, takes commitment. Fear is part of life. I don't know what you're afraid of. I don't know what fears you have this July, 2023. Maybe it has to do with marriage. Maybe it has to do with friendship. Maybe it has to do with business. Maybe it has to do with something that nobody would ever guess. But Jesus asks, why are you afraid? 
Do you still have no faith? How do we face our fears and then overcome them? How do we acknowledge them but not let them dominate? Everybody experiences fear, but some people are better at coping with it than others. So how do we do that? How do we do that? We, we're human. We have fears. They can be real. How do we face them? I'll leave you with some thoughts. The first thought is this. To face fear in life, you first have to name it. You have to name whatever it is that you're afraid of. What is it that keeps you awake at night? You ever get that sense that there's something wrong, but, but then you can't remember what that something is, right? It slips your mind. And, and many times it just goes away. But if you can't name your fear, if you can't name what's bothering you, then it's hard to deal with. Paul Tillich said that the basic difference between fear and anxiety, and this stuck with me, again, a book in seminary that I was glad I read, the difference between fear and anxiety is fear has an object. You can name it, you can face it, you can say what it is. Afraid of failure, afraid of public speaking, afraid of being rejected, I'm afraid of being abandoned, I'm afraid of living alone. But anxiety is basically fear of the unknown, which is much harder to deal with because you don't know what you're afraid of. You just know that you're afraid. And so being afraid when you can't name what you're afraid of is really hard because you don't know what to do about it. Take some medicine, talk to a counselor, stay up at night. But we have to name it. If we want to face our fears, we have to name what it is that we're afraid of. And then we got to talk about it. Talk about it with our spouse. Talk about it with our friends. Talk about it with a mentor. We need to know what it is that we're afraid of in life. Secondly, if we want to face and overcome our fears, then we have to work on loving better. Loving better. First John, it says, we should love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. And then it goes on to say this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. Let me say that again. Whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. Fear is a sign that we need to love more. Then Paul says this to the Corinthians. Remember this, this verse? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not insist on its own way. You know, fear keeps us from loving because we are afraid of what might happen, how we might be punished, done wrong, screwed over, disrespected, rejected, abandoned, left to fend for ourselves. Fear always has us thinking about worst case scenario, which then keeps us from being in the present, which is the only place we can love. You think about worst case scenario, but guess what? Thinking about it is actually much worse than when you actually get there. You know that? You think of what it's going to be like, and it's awful. You get there, I'll get through it. I got help. I've got God. I've got friends. Fear keeps us from loving because we think of how we might be punished. But we have to live 
in the present and love in the present and actively love the people in our lives right now. You know, love has to become a verb, not just a noun. It's what we do. It's what we put into action. Loving more will help us eliminate fear. The more we love, the less we fear. Third, you want to face and conquer your fears in life? Then learn to do what Jesus said and live your life one day at a time. Sermon on the Mount. Why do you worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow will bring troubles of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. That's so true, right? Why are you going to worry about tomorrow? Today, there's plenty of stuff to think about. You know, believe it or not, ministers are not that great at this. Because in the church, especially a church like Woodmont, there's always something happening or about to happen. Somebody's in the hospital. Somebody's lost a loved one. Somebody's marriage is in crisis. Somebody's mad about something and has left the church. Somebody disagrees with a decision that the board made. The church is too liberal. The church is too conservative. Somebody got upset because they weren't put in a leadership position. Two staff members aren't getting along. You got to go referee it. There's not enough room for the outreach ministries. The preschool's growing, needs more space. Somebody heard that you said something to somebody who said something to somebody who said something to somebody. And that third party's really upset with you. What did I say? I don't know. Living life one day at a time is the only way we can live. Today's all we have. Plan for tomorrow, prepare for tomorrow, live for today. Be in the present. Take life one day at a time. Lastly this morning, how do we face and conquer our fears in life? We have to learn the power of prayer. Turn your fears and your concerns over to God and let God handle them. So many of the things that, that we fear are out of our control. So we have to turn it over to God. I have a friend in this room right now, been in leadership. This friend told me this week we were having dinner. You know, Clay, I know sometimes you feel like you got the weight of the world on your shoulders. But remember, you got to trust God. You can't do it all. I need to hear that. We can't do everything and so much is out of our control. So we have to turn it over to God. And the way that I do that or try to do that is through prayer. Offer it up. Let it go. Don't grab it back. You know, just like the disciples, we will all face storms in life, storms we didn't see coming, storms we wish hadn't come, storms that don't seem fair, storms that come out of nowhere. But Jesus says, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? Let's learn to live our lives in faith. And we'll find more peace. Amen.